Welcome to a learntolearn.org podcast. We are here to support your learning, taking off the limits that we have accrued to our learning and adding in those ingredients that we've learned from world-class learners that have made them the best so that we can each update our own programming and become the best learners that we can be. We're really glad that you're here to share some time with us. We hope that this brings you exactly what you need today to better engage in your life and your learning. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, of course. I found it to be very, very beneficial for me. I am so glad about that. We do this because, you know, we don't charge anybody anything. We just do this because we so want to make a difference for people that want to be better learners. That opportunity, you know, it's it's just exciting for us and, and it's very fulfilling for us. So to hear that it really made a difference, it's like, Yay! <laughs> Life is good. It's working. For and sure. We just really appreciate that you're willing to, you know, take this kind of time and be willing to share with people on the podcast this way and all of that. So tell me what happened. Well, the way I found out about this was I was just walking through campus and, you know, I had some time. So I stopped by and it was kind of like it was meant to happen in a way because, you know, finals were approaching few weeks into before finals and I was like okay I need to start figure out like a study plan to wrap up the semester assignments and start the process of studying for my finals yes it was really helpful to you know run into your associate and learn this source this resource because I was able to take the time I didn't have a bunch of time but I, I was able to take some time and listen to most of the podcasts that were recommended and then oh that's great yeah. we, we were a little concerned because we knew how short time was and I listened through that initial interview that you did about, you know, what you were needing and that kind of stuff and figured, well, at the very least, if you got through a few of them, you could always do some of the others later or whatever that you did any. I'm just really appreciative of. And it sounds like you were able to do a few of those. Yeah. So what can you tell us about which ones did you do? What happened in response to? that information and those techniques and all of that. Yeah. Well, to start, I think I kind of like zipped through the whole list of what to listen to because I had the time, but then I had to kind of like take a step back and be like, okay, I just listened to all of these podcasts. <laughs> so I need to like take a moment and like actually grab information from each one that I learned and like put yeah. it to use Yeah. versus just like zipping through it. And the one that really stuck was the motive. There was one about motivation, motivation for success, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That one was really inspiring for me because I feel like I was just kind of like not quite zoned out of being out of the school mode yet, but very ready to be just done with the process. I so that was what that like. was good. <laughs> yeah. And so what about that motivation podcast made a difference for you? I think I just needed to hear it, like hear the reassurance that like this is what we're doing this for like the purpose to find like the meaning again of why I needed to succeed for my finals. Yes. Yes. You know, that, that business of meaning and purpose is so fundamental for all aspects of learning and all aspects of life. 
you know, I see so many people that either they never really had a, a sense of purpose in their life. You know, they just sort of went along and did what they were told or what was sort of implied by society. Oh, this is who we are. This is what we do. You know, you're supposed to do well in school and you're supposed to grow up and have a family and have a job. And okay, fine. But that doesn't mean it's connected to us. It doesn't mean that it has real value to us. And without that, then we end up without motivation. Sometimes we end up depressed or we end up sort of functioning at half speed because only the surface of, of us is engaged, right? Because it doesn't go very deep. Right. It, it's not like it's necessarily wrong. For some people it is. For some people it's not. It doesn't just automatically connect. Oh, you're supposed to do good at school because you want a future. Okay. All of us have that yearning for some kind of meaningful future. And if people tell us that, we'll throw ourselves into it. But a lot of times it's not presented in a way that really engages us in a very deep, passionate way. So I'm thrilled to hear that that podcast made a difference that way. So what did you, as you applied that, what happened in you? What did you find was meaningful to you? And what kind of difference did that make in your final days of the semester? Yeah, I. It definitely helped for me to actually take a step back and reflect on what is the purpose of why I'm doing this? Like, I wanted to do good on my finals, but it's like, why? Like, I needed to find the why. Yeah. And that was really the drive. Yeah. And so I, I, I took a moment. I like wrote down some things, some points. It's like, okay, this is X, Y, Z of why I want to do good. And it, it all relates, like you said, like to my future ultimately, but it was very specific and like why I needed to succeed with the finals specifically. I'm trying to get into grad school within the next year or so. And so that's a big drive for me to, as to why I really needed to do good for my finals. Yes. And if we take that a step further, well, first, what are you wanting to go to grad school for? What's your topic of study? Yeah, my topic of study is uh, speech language pathology and audiology. I've seen that make such a huge difference for people who, you know, had auditory processing issues and that sort of thing. That's a that's a very powerful area. Mm -hmm. Are you thinking about going to CU? They have a really brilliant department. Yes. So far, I've been doing a lot of research, and they're definitely on the on the top choices for me. Yeah, I've I've watched people that they have worked with, and they they were just wonderful and so spot on. So if we take that one step further, so if you go to grad school and you know you get, are you going for a PhD or a master's or? I think just a master's for now. Okay. Um, but it's like you said, like going further is like, okay, I want to get, I need to get to the next level. And in order to get into grad school, it's like from there, then I'll be able to help the people who have all these speech disorders and make a difference in someone else's life ultimately. And see, that was going to be my next question is once you have that degree and you're out there, why is that important? So right. we see that what you can do makes that kind of difference for people. What does that do in you? That definitely created like a, a change, like a spark. Like, okay, this is, this is the motivation. Like here it is. And now I just need to work off of that to get me where I need to go based on the current situation, which was studying for my finals. Yes. Yes, very cool. A lot of times when that motivation picks up for a school, it'll pick up in other areas. 
did you see any spillover into other areas of your life where you went, you know, I'm going to handle my relationships different or my summer different or some of those things? What, what yeah. Was with that? I think for me, it was kind of like the drive continued past like the fi- the situation for studying for my finals and to like, okay, what are the, what are the, what are the further steps that I need to take for my graduate applications? Yes. What process needs to go on in terms of like studying for the GRE, for example, or yeah. polishing my resume? Yes. Yeah. So audiology requires a GRE here at CU? Yeah. Some places do, some places don't. I think I'm planning to to do it anyway, just because of some of the schools that do require it. Yes, yes, yes. So you finished your finals now? Correct. And how did those come out? And do you think that the podcast made any difference. I was talking to somebody earlier today who said that she had done much better on her finals than she thought she was going to based on the response to some of the podcasts. Did you see any of that? Yeah, I think I think the change in like confidence was what really uh-huh. helped me feel like I did better. And and it did. I like the outcome was a lot better than I had kind of thought I could do on most of my exams. Yes. That's very cool. Yay. Were there other podcasts that you also went, you know, I think these also contributed? Yeah. I think there was one about like test prepping. Yes. Um, that I listened to and it was a brief one, but it was, it was impactful because it was like, okay, before all the finals, it's like, okay, this is what I, these are all the steps that I need to get, all the ducks in a row that I need to get. Yeah. In order to, to have my studying like finalized and feel good and confident. You know, I'm so happy to hear that you found that one. That wasn't one that I had recommended, but because I recommended, you know, the more, the longer podcasts. But that one is very to the point. Like you said, it's short, but it's very focused and clear about here's what we need to do to do well on tests. And it's one that when I put it together, it was meant to be something that you could come back to again and again when you have some upcoming tests. It wasn't one that you could just go, okay, I'll just listen to it once and then I have it. Although you could do that, but it was one that you could come back to anytime you had any kind of test or challenge coming up and use it just to get on point. So that's really cool that you did that. Yeah. So any of the others that you found made some kind of difference? I don't remember the name of it, but I think there was one about like attitude. Oh, yeah. 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 I think when I first you know, before all the finals started. And I think it was like two weeks before my finals, but initially like in the before running into your associate and everything, like I was just feeling very like not in the mood, you know? So it was like, it was nice listening to that one and being like, okay, let's bring the energy back up and like find the focus. Yeah. Yeah. Attitude is so fundamental. I think one of the things we say in there is that in a really, really fundamental way, there are maybe two things that we have real control over. One of those is what, what do we put our attention on, right? And the other is the attitude that we do it with. And everything else is a little slippery, but those two things we have control over. I mean, we can't control, like you're applying for graduate school, you, you can't necessarily control the outcome of that, but you can certainly control the attitude you go into it with and what you put your attention on and how you sustain the process and those sorts of things. And to be able to separate that out and go, ah, this is something that I can 
every day I can take charge of. I can determine my attitude. That's right. so powerful. A lot of times we miss it, but once it's clear to us, that works for us anytime we ever use it. That's really cool. And can you say more about what happened as you used that perspective? Yeah, I just felt like I had one, like more energy, like I found the energy that I was lacking. And it just was easier to get through the days and like get through the steps of like sitting down and studying for a certain amount of time. Yes. Well, and that's really at the heart of attitude. I mean, if our attitude's not good, our energy sucks. <laughs> right, right. A lot of times we get into that kind of down energy and we don't even stop and think, oh, this is my attitude. I can do something here. We just go, ah, you know, I don't have the energy. I'm not motivated. I don't want to do it. And we don't realize that there's a choice possible. But once we see that, man, it changes everything. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I was able to listen to those like when I did, because I, I really felt like I didn't have it in me to like sit down and start my studying process. Yeah. So it was really like uplifting in a way to be like, okay, this, I'm glad this is a resource. And it's like, I can play this at whatever, at my own convenience, really. Yes. So it was nice. And I think I recommended one that dealt some with beliefs. Yes. Listening to it was reassuring. But then I think when it came down to like, actually having to realize like, okay, what are, what are the beliefs that I have to apply to this situation? I felt that was a little difficult, but then once I listened to the other podcast, it was like, okay, it kind of was the drive of like the motivation and the attitude. And yes. I think that kind of brought it together for me. Let me ask, are there beliefs that you find that are holding you back at all, limiting you in any way as you think about going to grad school? Are there beliefs that say, well, you know, somebody else is going to have no problem getting in that I don't know about me, or I think yeah. to it, but I'm not sure. What what are you aware of that way? Yeah, I think for me, it's more of like, like you said, like, oh, someone else might have an easy shot of getting in right away, and I don't know if I do. But then it, like, I think that's the, the belief, I guess, right now. One of the things that we offered today, you know, partly in thanks for doing this, right? Because Again, our whole purpose is to be of support to your learning and anybody's learning. Mm -hmm. So beliefs are really core when it comes to learning because beliefs are sort of the underlying, they're, they're the filter that we not only look at our world through, but that we perceive ourselves through. So if I have a belief that leads me to go, well, others can, but I'm not so sure about me, that belief is going to diminish me. It's going to sit there and tell my brain, oh, rather than working at 100%, we're good for 50% or whatever. You know? mm -hmm. and, and then the brain will go, oh, okay. Well, that's what the belief says. That's what we'll do. It's like the software that programs the brain. So the cool thing is we've learned how to change those beliefs pretty powerfully and pretty quickly. If you would like, we can run through with that particular belief how to go about changing it so that you can get that change, but then you're also going to go, well, if I can change that, I can change anything. Right. And the, the approach to changing that is simple enough, easy enough, 
that a lot of times just going through it once we go, oh, I've got that. I, I, I know how to do that now. Right. And then then you've got that to apply to anything else. So when you think about this belief that says, well, others can, but I don't know about me. Implicit in that is some kind of view of yourself that's different than it would be of somebody else. If you thought about how you would think about somebody else that would easily get into grad school, and then you think about you, what perspective do you have of them contrasted with the one you have of you? I think the main one is probably I'm not as like social sometimes, like as out, like, yeah, just as social or talkative as some of my peers are. Okay. I tend to be more quiet and reserved. And you think that's somehow a problem? Yeah, just because I, I feel like there's less connections with like professors or just putting myself out there, I suppose. Okay. You know, so for me, here are two different kinds of beliefs. One of them says somehow that's a problem. And on one hand, I, I understand what you're saying, of course. But there are a lot of very successful people that are more introverted. So what about them? <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah, right? right. Like I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm familiar with uh, one of the principal investigators in the biochemistry department, world famous. I mean, she's brilliant. And, you know, I mean, friendly enough, but more introverted. Her, her interest really is the research. And, you know, she talks to people because, I mean, not that she doesn't like people, but because it's part of handling her job. But, you know, this is somebody world renowned. <laughs> so we can see that that assumption that, you know, somehow that's necessarily a limit may not be true. Mm -hmm. But then there's the other part of it, which is what limits us, what keeps us from being more social. You know, I ask that as somebody personally who was at one time in my life extremely introverted. I mean, extremely. <laughs> if I said hello to somebody in the halls at school once that day, that was heavy social interaction. <laughs> you know, there was there were all the perspectives I had about myself that kept me from being more engaged. That turned out to be conditioning, but not necessarily true. And I would suspect the same. So if we could maybe address that a little bit and see if we can change some of that in a way that, that makes it easier for you when you want to be more engaged. All right. Again, I'm not saying you should be because, you know, that's, that's a choice. Right. So when you think about yourself being more social, there's going to be a feeling and sort of an image that comes up that says, yeah, but I'm whatever. I'm not that. I'm this other thing. What is that? What, what comes up that way? Um, I guess I'm not really following. Okay. Let me, let me try and explain it better. If I'm in a situation where I would like to be more social, but I find myself held back. Usually that's because I have a belief that says, 
I'm not good at this, or people wouldn't really like me, or I don't know, something else. And that's what I'm asking about. And again, I, I want to preface this by saying most of our beliefs are not true. They only appear to be true because we bought into them. Right. Right? I, I have worked with so many people that strongly had a belief and lots of evidence to support it that they were stupid. Right? They were certain that they were, things had not gone well when they were in grade school or middle school or something. And they, they were sure that they were stupid. And, you know, and once they decided that, of course, then school didn't go well. And they said, see, here's the evidence. Mm. <laughs> in virtually a hundred percent of the kids that I've worked with where they've had this, and that's been a lot of them, they all ended up being easy straight A students. Let me just give you one illustration of it. I think about a young guy that his dad sent him to see me because he was having trouble in school. And he was, I believe he was a freshman in high school. And he was having trouble reading and he was having trouble with this and having trouble with that. A lot of what we worked with was to overcome the beliefs about his ability to learn. And we also built in some strategies about how to learn better. So that kid went from doing poorly in school to doing quite well in school to today, he is one of the outstanding surgeons in the state. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. And uh, it was interesting because by the time he got to graduate school and then went on and did you know his MD and then his residency, he said learning was simple for him. He didn't have to work hard to, once he started all of his advanced stuff, Everybody else was working really hard. And for him, it was just, you know, a walk in the park. Mm -hmm. Well, what's the difference? I mean, here he was as a freshman in high school struggling. And now challenging school was interesting and easy for him. What's the difference? I mean, either either he was dumb before or he never was. <laughs> well, right. pretty clearly he never was. He just had that notion. So, so many of these beliefs that we have that hold us back aren't frigging true. They're just conditioning that we picked up on the way. Mm -hmm. And we want to change that just because we can and because it would make it easier for you. Right. So when you think about that, then, that belief that gets you to hold back in engaging with people at times where it would be helpful to support your learning or your social interaction or your advancement in school or all that, what belief or beliefs come up? I think like failure, like just saying the wrong thing in a social setting. Uh huh. So I think like in a classroom setting, for example, like if I were to ask a question and it just feel like a, like a not right, wrong question to ask. Yes. So if you ask the wrong question, what do you believe would be the result of that? I think just the correction in front of everybody else. Okay. And, and what would that mean to you? And he, and you know, we're just probing. We're just trying to take off the yeah, way yeah. To, get to the core of this. I feel like it would be like kind of like an embarrassment and like fear. I think it's like the fear of asking the wrong question. And then not wanting to feel the embarrassment if that does happen. 
Yes. Now, Mm -hmm. I noticed two things. As you're talking about what would happen, about that embarrassment, I don't know if you noticed, but on the video, I can see that you're looking up. Like other people would be looking down at you. Does that, do you recognize that at all? Yeah, I see what you mean. Right? It's almost other people are bigger than you and they're going to catch you asking the wrong thing and that's going to like embarrass and diminish you. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to come at this two different ways. One of those is what happens if rather than having everybody up above you, what happens if somehow we could just slide them down to eye level? Or conversely, what happens if you just sort of filled up and came up to the same level they are at? Right. What 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 does that do when you try that out? I feel like it would just be a sense of calmness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. It's like, oh, it was a question. Mm-hmm. All right. So you can practice with that. After you've done that a few times, your brain is just going to go, you know, it's way easier to have people at eye level rather than above me. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it'll just start doing that automatically. You know, you rehearse it a few times. I mean, you can already you can already sense that in, in your brain. It's already going, yeah, okay, let me think about this this situation, that classroom, this circumstance. Okay, what if people are at eye level? What if I'm that big? What if they're at my level? Blah, blah, blah. And as that starts to happen more and more, do you, all, do you feel already how your brain is going, oh, yeah, that's not hard. That's easy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I like that. I'll I'll think about that. It's so easy. At Learn to Learn here, we spent a lot of time, I mean, years and years, trying to study how things work in the brain in a way that lets us make these kinds of changes really easy, really simple. And so that's what we're sharing with you. Because a lot of times we try and figure our way out of that box, if you will, and we don't know what the heck to do. But once we've seen it, it's like, that's it? Oh, okay, I can do that. I got that one. (laughs) Right. Thank you for listening. Our purpose is supporting your capacity to learn and to attain all that you can imagine. We hope you use the perspectives and exercises that we have shared. Feel free to send us questions, ideas, experiences that might benefit our listeners via learntolearn.org, L-E-A-R-N-T-O-L-E-A-R-N.org. Finally, please help others by sharing our link with your friends, family, and other loved ones, since how you learn is how you live. Thank you.